Well, it's here. (laughs) It's July 2nd, and it's Solar Eclipse Day. I'm still not back home, so I don't have my sound effects, but uh, we'll we'll be doing that. And if I did, it would be full-on applause right now. So what's going on? Well, we haven't seen this on the planet since August of 2017. That one was visible in the Northern Hemisphere. This one will only be visible mostly in the Pacific Ocean. But it will come ashore and will be visible in Chile and Argentina. Just a swath, kind of. You can see the map online. Just search it up. There are bukus of them there. But this is where the moon passes between the Earth and the sun. And at such an angle that it blocks the sun. Now, when we talk about these eclipses from an astrological or a spiritual perspective, usually it's a positive thing. So if you were able to see the full 100% blockage of the 2017 eclipse, you kind of know what I'm talking about. It's just a special day. I was in one of the full-on cities, Casper, Wyoming. And I got to say, it was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. But I could only imagine back in the day before all the computers and all the charts and all the things that we know now, if you were a Native American, let's say, out there tending your buffalo on the plains of South Dakota, and all of a sudden in the middle of the bloody day, the sun goes down and there's an orange glow across the entire horizon, yeah, it would freak you out. <laughs> and that's what, that's what our ancestors had to work with. They didn't know when these were coming. So it absolutely would have been construed as something spectacular happening in the heavens. Well, now we've demystified it, and we know exactly what's taking place, and it's a lot more predictable. In fact, it's predictable down to the very second. So if you would like the time chart, here is what is going on. The real magical time, let's mark as 3.15 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, let's walk that back. 3.15 Eastern, 2.15 Central, 1.15 Mountain, and 12.15 on the West Coast. That is the mark of the new moon. All right, now if you go online and you start looking at when is the solar eclipse of July 2019 going to happen, you'll get times all across the board. There's a website called Time and Date. It gives one time. Space.com gives another time. NASA.gov gives another time. Wikipedia, another time. I spent some time looking at this, and it was like there's... And, and remember from 2017, exactly the same thing. There's no symmetry around when the time is going to take place. Why is that? Well, look at the map of when the eclipse begins. You'll see that it looks almost like a kind of like a horseshoe in the Pacific Ocean. And then it swaths over into Chile and Argentina on the tail end of that horseshoe shape. So they're marking time all the way across that swath. And it was exactly the same thing in the Northern Hemisphere in 2017 because it started in California, it moved across. I was in Wyoming, moved across, and then uh, I believe it uh, went all the way across to the East Coast, South Carolina, I believe. And they were giving the times of all of those occurrences of when it would be visible at 100%. And, of course, it's not the same. So when you look at the times of when is the eclipse going to happen, 
it's better to look at when is the new moon going to happen because if you look at this on an astrological chart, it really makes a lot of sense. So the moon moves the fastest around the chart. This is all taking place at 10 degrees into Cancer. That's where the sun is. That means we are exactly one-third of the way into Cancer season as far as birthdays are concerned. And the moon will be at 10 degrees Cancer. So on my astrological chart, which is Astro Gold, a very well-respected astrology program made by the same people who make solar fire for the Windows computer, at exactly 3.15 p.m. is when the moon and the sun are both at 10 degrees 37 minutes. If you want to get technical, it's just a few seconds before 3.16. But, you know, close enough at just to say quarter after the hour. Now, what I've done with this podcast mostly is talk about the various aspects that are affecting the energy of the day. So we have to look at that first. Are there any? Not really. Yes, but not really. Okay, the north node of the moon is sitting in Cancer. We're going to talk more about that in a second, but it's 17 degrees. That's 7 degrees. That's a long ways away. And our big three, our infamous friends of 2019, are not far away. They are opposite the solar eclipse, Saturn, Pluto, and the south node, but Pluto's really out of the game because it's at 22 degrees. That's just too far to play. And the south node and Saturn are at 17. So again, 7 degrees. That's a really long ways off for this kind of influence. Some astrology writers are counting them as aspects. I'm not going to. Another one that they're counting is Uranus in a favorable relationship. But again, it's a 5-degree orb or variation. So, yeah, I would give that one a little bit more credibility. So we've got a favorable pull from Uranus on this thing. But after looking at the chart for quite a while, I'm going to talk about what's going on in Cancer because I think that is the most relevant thing. So the moon entered Cancer last night. Remember I said in yesterday's podcast that the moon, last time it was in Cancer, just was wrecking havoc. And I think it's because... As I said yesterday, the grumpy old landlord has come back home and found all these people bunked up in his house, and he was just grumpy about it. He just didn't like the folks, the overcrowded situation, and I think that was what happened. To to a degree, we still have that going on because I was talking to my partner, Majana. She said how difficult it was to get things done today. And as I was reflecting on that, I thought, yeah, there was one big thing that I wanted to get done this morning before I left the mountains to head back to flat country, and I wasn't able to get it done for various reasons. And she said exactly the same thing. Maybe you felt that yesterday too, just or today, trying to get stuff done, and it's like trying to push up a a rope. (laughs) You just can't do it. Well, one of the neighbors that was in the moon's house was Mars. And remember, we've been talking about that as being a mismatch because Mars is Mr. Fire and had been living for the last six weeks in Miss Water and just wasn't happy about blowing bubbles. Mars is free. And again, if I had my sound effects, we would have some applause because Mars has crossed over into Leo. So Mars is back in a fire sign and it's happy. Mercury is back in a fire sign, and it's happy. Same thing, Leo. 
So who are the neighbors left in Mr. Moon's house? Well, obviously, the son, because they're sitting on top of each other. Now, let's just think about that right there. The moon rules cancer. The sun is all about our shining. It's the daytime luminary. The moon is the nighttime luminary. The moon is about reflection. The sun is about projection. So I'm seeing this as a conflict. The moon has come back home to find the sun camped out in his house. I've been sleeping in a tent for the last two weeks, absolutely loving it, so connected to this amazing energetic earth in northeastern New Mexico. But the sun comes up at about, what, 6.45 in the morning. So from good old Amazon.com, I have one of those eye covering, but it's, a, it's thick. It's a pad, and you, it's great on airplanes. And if you have a headache, you can even put it in the freezer and then put it on your face, and it, is, it has like little gel beads in it, you know? And it really blocks the sun. And a couple of times I slept past 8 o'clock until all of the dogs in the campground area were barking. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you just can't go any further. But it sleeps really, really well. Well, I think that's what the moon felt like it had to put on. Not sunglasses, an eye mask. Because Mr. Sun is sitting right there, just shining away, doing its bright little thing. And the moon comes home and goes, oh, turn that off. So yeah, I think there's some grumpiness around the astrological components of this eclipse. All right, let's talk about the other neighbor, the north node of the moon. Ah, the north node of the moon. Do you know what that is? The north node of the moon is not an element. It's not an entity. It's not a body out in space. It's a point on a line. All right, let me try to explain. The best way to understand this is to think of the sun and think of the earth. Now, we just are dealing with two dimensions, right? So just put the sun on your computer screen, let's say, and put it kind of up there at the top, okay, up toward 12 o'clock. Draw an oval-shaped line around it with the line getting closer to the sun at the top, and then it gets farther away at the bottom, all right? That's the summer where it's closer, winter where it's farther away. That's the earth rotating around the sun. Now, wherever the earth is at any given point on the line, but let's just put it down at the bottom because that's easier. We've got more room to work with. So you've got an oval-shaped circle of the earth going around the sun. Now let's orbit the moon around the earth. Now that's a fully symmetric circle. So give it equal distance. Just put the moon orbiting the earth down there. That line of the moon's orbit crosses the earth's orbit around the sun at two different points. The one on the left is the south node. The one on the right is the north node. Now, if you understand that, I did a pretty good job of audio description, of audible description. If you don't understand that, maybe replay it a time or two, and then if you still don't understand it, Google north node of the, or I'm sorry, nodes of the moon, and uh, look at the images, and that image will be there, okay? They are the most important element in astrology, I think, because it tells us south node, where we are coming from on our soul path, north node, where we are going to, the direction we are going in this life. 
I think it just totally changed my whole perspective, life, everything when I learned the north and south nodes of the moon. Well, I think because the moon is friendly, I mean, it's like no threat to the moon. It's a point on a map. It's an intersection. Uh, I think the moon's probably okay with that. So it's like, okay, north node, you're cool. The other fellow sleeping in the house is the midheaven. The midheaven is on the chart where the 10th house begins. And I'm not going to get, I mean, we're bogging down on stuff anyway. I knew this was going to be a longer podcast, but I just wanted to go in more depth on what this is all about. So the midheaven is, sits at the beginning of the 10th house. That's our career house. It's our, it's our shining in the world, who we are when we are projected out into public. Again, uh, maybe with a little, uh, I think the moon would look at that and go, God, I wish he wasn't here, but at least he's picking up his beer cans. So here the moon has come back home, doesn't like the sun in its house, tolerates the north node. That's okay. That's like your cousin has come in to stay for a while, whatever. And the midheaven is like, ah, but I guess it's okay. Now, what do you do with it? First of all, if you can online, watch it tomorrow afternoon. Secondly, the effect of an eclipse lasts energetically for up to about six months. So if you don't catch it tomorrow or if you have a super busy day, don't worry about it. Just play with the energy the next day or the day after or the week after. You're still good. I do firmly believe that. What I would do is make lists of things that you would want to create, just like you would on any other new moon, but make them around things that are going to move quickly. That's the moon. I'm putting the moon in charge of this eclipse. Last time it was the sun because that eclipse was at 28 degrees Leo, almost into Virgo. But that was the sun in a fire sign still shining. Yes, the moon was right there, but that was the solar eclipse. That sun had that one. That was the star of the show two years ago. This time, it's the moon. You know, when you go to somebody's house, you take your shoes off if they ask you to, right? You honor the way that they like to run their house. The moon is in charge of this eclipse, so let's play with that energy. So you can create things that you want to kind of happen with succession. Like, you know, it's like boom, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. The moon will love that. Also, play with things that are watery. Instead of like Santa's shopping list, you know, dear Santa, I want a new Mercedes and I want a house on the beach. And I want the most beautiful man or woman that has ever been created to just drop into my life. Oh, and a million dollars on the side would be pretty nice too. Yeah, don't do that this time. (laughs) I don't think you wouldn't get anywhere. And really the last one wasn't for that either. But let's just talk about, let's stay with this one. So what you can do on this one is to deal with things that are emotional, things that are watery. So that could indeed affect a relationship. If you are in one, where you would like it to go and grow. If you are not in one, maybe some real clear definitions of who you need to be in order to attract what you want and then go to work on those on a rapid fire basis. That's kind of what I'm thinking this is. Rapid fire, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. That way the moon is charged up. Really grab a hold of, you know, the moon is stepping in front of the sun and going, you are in my house and I'm going to turn you off for at least four minutes. (laughs) 
Okay, so while it's dark in the middle of tomorrow afternoon, grab that energy and think of what you would like to shine when the light comes back on. That's how you play with this one. It's emotional energy. And then there was this. This is from the website Refinery29. I just thought the best way was to read this to you. It's all I could do. It says the solar eclipse will have an intense hold on us, but not like we think. While the luminary, the moon, will serve as a release, she also reminds us release can be orgasms too. It doesn't have to mean a total emotional breakdown. This particular eclipse is an especially good one for orgasms. This eclipse will only aspect rebel planet Uranus, which makes it a great time to connect to your inner desires, the ones you felt that you could never discuss openly. Embracing our freaky and kinky sides will be beneficial and give us the motivation to own our truth and be ourselves without judgment. If you're considering making a sexual fantasy a reality, now is a good time to do it. Passions will be at a high, as well as the desire to consensually sexually experiment within one's comfort zone, this person advises. Be sure to have a safe word handy if things get too intense. (laughs) Enjoy the eclipse.